Welcome to the Stacked Supplement Podcast, the premier source for supplement news and reviews. Welcome to another episode of the Stacked Supplement Podcast, and we have uh, another interview for today, a special one. We have two people on. Usually I get one, but I got I got two on, and, and, and for a good reason. Uh, we have the uh, functional brand, uh, 321, with its co-founders, uh, Michael and Ansley. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So um, I was kind of only just introduced to three, two, one glow and, and, and the brownies, which are ridiculously good, um, maybe about a year or two ago, but the brand itself has been around for, I think it's like a little longer than that. So when about did you guys start? Yeah. So we started uh, a couple of years before that. So we've been around a few years now. Our first product was actually a nut butter frosting. So they were cashew based frosting. And then we transitioned over to our collagen-based cookie. And then now what you are talking about, which is our collagen-based brownie, which has a higher protein content as well. Oh, wow. So it's kind of been like a, it's like an evolution. Was there, was, so the, I know the cookie, the cookie's still obviously still around, but the, the, the original product, um, the, the, the spread or the butter, as you could call it, was there, was this a kind of reason you stopped that or was it uh yeah, so we um, when we launched the cookie, we saw the success that the collagen had, and we obviously looked at each other and kind of took a look at the landscape and said, you know, who else is out there that is trying to own or be the first in the collagen snack space? Uh, and no one was doing it. You know, Vital Proteins, I think, did a phenomenal job at uh, laying the education pipeline for what collagen benefits are and the impact they had on your body. Today, I mean, you, you work with a ton of sports nutrition brands. Yeah. And I would tell you that they almost probably all have some sort of collagen peptides in their lineup, which just talks to the volume of this isn't just a female based uh, ingredient. This kind of stems across, you know, both genders and, and, and everybody. So um, we saw the success of the collagen cookie and then said, you know, we got to revamp our uh, nut butter frosting. Um, and then the brownie was just the next evolution that we dropped the next product innovation. And then we have our frostings that have been redone now with collagen and those should be coming out now um, later this year. Yeah. So we will be bringing them back, just adding the collagen component to kind of be uniform with our line. So it was kind of like a, you you just rolled with, I guess the cookies just did so well and it kind of took away from this, from the spread. And then obviously the, the brownies uh, speak for themselves and um, interesting. What, what kind of made you guys go from, from spread to cookies? Cause that's a, I mean, usually you don't you you don't see a cookie company doing a spread, or you don't see a spread company doing a cookie. Was there a sort of a connection there? Um, yeah, I think that also having something that is a grab and go is fantastic. At least I can attest to, as well as I'm sure most people, as they kind of go through their lives between work, kids, whatever it is that they're dealing with. I think having a healthy snack that you can kind of just drop in your bag or your backpack is also definitely ideal when it comes to kind of just that space as well. So that was definitely one of the benefits towards going through these kind of more individual package things versus a whole jar of nut butter. You'd have to bring something with it, that type of stuff. Um, They were also in our head, at least meant to go together. So you can take the nut butter spread, put it on the cookie, create like a cookie sandwich, you know, so it still is very versatile. So again, hence why we are going to bring them back this year. Um, But yeah. Interesting. So was the, did it's um 
to the cookie kind of did you did was did it do as well as you thought or kind of did it do better because obviously with you going to cookie and it doing well did you expect it to do as well as it did or were, were you kind of just kind of experimenting and thinking we'll give grab and go a try and see how it runs uh i so think we uh yeah I think we, we kind of looked at, you know, where was the market, where was the landscape and, and, you know, what was finding some, some sort of success. And I think if you look at some of the brands that paved the way uh, in the cookie landscape, um, they were just a little off from the texture and the taste profile that yeah. we were able to create. And so they were very successful in their craft, but they were really high calorie, um, you know, a higher carb count. And we just felt that, there wasn't that many functional ingredients that were added to it. So that we saw that that as a great added product. Um, but like Ainsley was saying earlier, we were looking at how the brand can evolve, right? We're a true snack brand, right? We're not a sports nutrition brand. We're a snack brand. And for that, it's what are the products that we could bring out to market that we either feel haven't been done at a high level or that we can do much better. And what products we believe we can put on a shelf as we evolve from direct to consumer to distribution and retail and you know now targeting FDM and grocer, it's we want to replace or fill a gap on those shelves. And so our innovation pipeline is based on where we think the greatest possible growth could be for a new product that hits market. Interesting. So this was so that cookie wasn't just a like a ballpark idea that was kind of a nice shift for the brand or I guess the, to pave the way for what sounds like a really good plan you guys had thought out pretty much yeah but I think it was also so just going back to well did you think it was going to be a success I think once we tried the cookie we were like yeah this is, oh, okay. <laughs> this is going to be a success you know uh so I think it also comes down to yes obviously we want to think towards positioning the product correctly but it also yeah. has to taste great and be something oh, yeah, yeah. Taste, you know so I think that once we kind of hit the nail on the head with that one, we, we knew it was going to be a winner, you know, same thing with our brownies. Like you said, you've tried them. Oh yeah. yeah. I, and I, and I can agree with the cookie thing. Cause for years it was, uh, I think the first one, I never actually had the Lenny and Larry's one original, like that. I, I don't still to this day. I don't think I've had one. Um, I had a few others, but they always felt like squished protein bars to me. Kind of like just a, like they still had that, that consistency closer to the protein bar than the protein bars. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I remember the first one I had and I was going, they just took that and just made a circle out of it. And it was, and then when you guys came along, I think there may, maybe a couple others, and then you really just started getting the, the cookie consistency. Okay. This is like, you want to be more familiar or more similar to a cookie than a protein bar. And it's um, I think you're right. When you hit that experience, I guess you must've, confidence must have been right there because and, and rightfully so like i was saying and so you went cookie brownie and you're bringing the the spread back is it going to be sort of a, a change with the spread or if you sort of is it going to be very much much the original um we are changing it because like we said we do want to have collagen in all of our products now so the original spreads um did not have collagen in them so we will be changing both we are playing with new formulas right now as well as adding the collagen into the mix for that as well Oh, interesting. So is that going to, do you feel that, I guess, elevates the experience, makes it better than, than before or similar, or do you feel like it sort of adds to it in a way? I mean, outside of the obviously collagen benefits. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely with the flavor. Yeah. So one of the bigger. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, well, you know, one of the bigger changes um, we had 
uh, a certain type of oil right inside that product um, that we wanted to remove. It was a palm oil. And so by removing that palm oil, we're making the label better and the overall product better. And then okay. we're adding that collagen in. So we're going to get the higher, uh, in, you know, a higher protein count. Um, and then we're really dialing in the flavor profiles. I think today there's extreme, like an extreme creativeness around flavor profiles and collaborations. And, and so we're really looking at, okay, what's that evolution look like from um, our collagen um, frostings or nut butters, right? So uh, for us, it's kind of how can we really one-up what's currently existing, but also make it tie into what we have in our lineup today. I guess the the inclusion thing was probably going to be one of my next questions because that seems to be one of the big crazes. I know yours is obviously a little bit different, being collagen and and um, but I guess one of the big trends in the nut butter realm is the 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 piling on of the inclusions. I know a lot of brands use photos where they've got them stacked on top, and obviously that's not what you get when it eventually arrives to you. But is is that part of the plan, or is that something you've you've considered? Yeah, so that was in one of our runs and those were actually pretty delicious. So like I said, we're still playing with them, but yeah. that was one of the more fun ones that we created. I would have thought that with, with collagen in the mix, it would have added like, I feel like it would have made the consistency, it would make the consistency much better. I mean, I could be wrong, but because some of those, uh, the, the nut butters that traditionally do like the whey and stuff like that, they they get a bit they get a bit thick for me a little bit grainy and so I just would have I would just imagine that the collagen would add a nice smoother experience I could be wrong though yeah when you're adding a really high uh, protein count to a nut butter you start to you know bring out exactly what you're talking about right which is that graininess that thick powdery uh, textured taste um, a technique that we're using is uh, helping us get a much smoother product because we grind down the protein, the nuts, and the collagen together. Um, so the, the texture is much more like a creamy nut butter than you would a, a kind of powdered mixed uh, with nut butters. It's, it's a little bit different. Is that kind of leading on to your, because you're referring to it as like a frosting, I guess that's sort of more of what you're leaning at because frosting and nut butter are very different textures for me. One's obviously smoother and fluffier and nut butter's it's a little more creamy and thick, but is that, is that kind of the experience you can expect from the, from the spread, uh, the collagen spread? Yeah. So that's something that we've been playing with, which, you know, if we want to talk about challenges and stuff with getting that consistency, right. It's like that lighter and fluffier consistency and still keeping the nutrition profile and the ingredients, you know, pretty solid. So yes, we are aiming for a little bit of a lighter product. Um, I was going to ask about sort of your target audience because again i'm stacked as very much sports nutrition we write about a lot of pre-workouts protein powders and stuff like that it always fascinates me about the audiences that are not necessarily in that gym goer type realm and i feel like three two one is, is is kind of what i would consider more mainstream like you're you have that ability to reach people that aren't just at the gym that are people that sort of just regular average Joes may not necessarily be going to the gym, may just be looking for something healthier, maybe something different and fun. Do you have sort of an idea on your, not necessarily your target market, but just the, 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 the variety of people that, that I guess uh, the loyal customers of yours now? Yeah. So I think that's the beauty with this product um, because like you said, it is something that definitely you can see in a grocery store and not just a sports nutrition store or a gym. 
but let's say you take our brownie into consideration um, that has 16 grams of protein in it. You know, that's something that someone post-workout male or female can also pick up as a high protein snack instead of a bar or instead of something yeah, else. Yeah, it beats, it beats most bars. So, yeah, and it tastes better too. So, uh, so there's that aspect. But yeah, I mean, it is also for, again, the just the busy average person. Um, I personally come from a Hispanic background, Mike as well. So I have a huge sweet tooth. So for me, it was also finding something that, satisfied my sweet tooth without necessarily derailing your fitness goals and something that still tasted great. Cause if it doesn't, then you still feel deprived and you kind of continue on this cycle. So I feel like each product kind of has its own space as well. So our cookies might not be as high in protein, but they are great for late night cravings, which is when I usually have one, I have one on the couch practically yeah. every night. Um, and then versus the protein, which might be more of a more heartier, more filling, type of meal replacement type bar post-workout and stuff like that to just kind of pack into your gym bag. Do you, do you find that, uh, obviously, like I said, your target's mainstream, but do you find that, that does that leak out into your strategy of stores? Like, let's just say you rolled them out, your products rolled out and it was only like vitamin shops and GNCs that were picking you up. Do you feel like that would sort of change the appeal of the brand or would you sort of say, okay, maybe we should try and target more i guess like your more mainstream places convenience stores and whatnot um does that kind of bleed like i said does that audience kind of bleed out into your strategy there or are you just sort of kind of seeing what what appeals to yeah we are currently um kind of all over those so we are obviously inside of your sports nutrition stores um but even in the puerto rico space we are in walmart there uh, Sam's Club is another one that's coming up. So we are definitely still aiming to get into grocers. I can't say that one is hindering the other. Yeah. We do believe that the product also belongs in grocery. Interesting. Yeah. So, and um, so you're saying the, the, the spread is, is obviously making this big return later in the year. Is there any other kind of plans for different formats? Because, because again, I, I know a lot of functional companies, but it's very few that would do sort of that, that frosting spread cookie and, and brownie. It seems like you can stretch yourself into various formats if you so choose. Is there any other kind of categories or spaces that you seem fit or is it kind of just see how these go for now and then expand from there? Yeah, Mike, I don't think we want to let everything out of the bag. Okay, okay, so you do. <laughs> no, no, but all, all we can say is that um, we are focused on innovation and as a snack brand, we care more about the quality and the product taste and making sure that when we come out with a product, it isn't a me too product. Right. And what I mean by that is we aren't the third or fourth to bring out a product because it's hot. We're the ones that are paving the way on what product we think is going to be the next winner in the game. And so our innovation today stems out over the next 12 months where we're looking at two new different, you know, two completely different products um, that aren't in market today, right? They're, they're not on a shelf today. They're not in vitamin shops. So, you know, or, or other places. So that's how we're kind of looking at our innovation pipeline. It's harder to do that, which is why we're more careful with bringing out a product. Um, But so for today you have your flavor, you know, innovations, right? So we're bringing out two new flavors, which you talked about a little bit, our lemon zest brownie, as well as our salted caramel. Those are two phenomenal flavors that are going to be joining the team of the other three. Um, And then we'll bring the nut butters out. We're going to do three to four flavors of that. And then Q1, we're looking to bring out the next innovation. So um, we've got a lot of stuff in the works. So so your strategy is kind of 
I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just saying I'm understanding that. So when you guys try to come up with a new product, you're not sort of necessarily looking at what else is out there in the sense that, oh, maybe we should do that to compete. You're sort of thinking, oh, that's already done. We need to do something better and cooler, essentially steering you away from what everyone else has done. Yeah, unless we think that the product that's out in market is not done right. Oh, okay. So kind kind of like the cookies thing. Right. Like, you know, we, oh, okay. we saw that there was an opportunity with the cookie, right? There, it was done, but there was still an opportunity to do it at a high level. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, like I said, most, a lot of those functional companies, the strategy does tend to be sort of do something better, something similar or that's doing well. Maybe we can do that. And, 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 and as, as you said, you, you do, you do see a lot of that. Um, and as far as I know, you guys do a lot of, you do your own manufacturing, obviously as well. Do you find that kind of, helps with the innovation side as opposed to a brand that sort of has to send away to a manufacturer, get them to make it up, get it, get to two weeks later, tries it and tweaks it. Do you find that with you being able to, I guess, be so vertically integrated, you can just work on a day in day out kind of thing. Yeah. The biggest benefit, yeah. The biggest benefit to being vertically integrated is that you're going to really build a product that you, that is for the brand versus taking a product variation from an already existing product and a manufacturer's lineup, right? When you call a manufacturer and you're trying to bring out a X product, you're working within their capabilities and you're working within a variation of their current products that they've been able to produce. So it's kind of a similar product to what's out or they have done. With us, it's what are we trying to do? How are we going to do it? go to R&D for months at a time, tons of recipe creations. And until we find the one that we feel is like, oh, this is it. And so I think it's, it gives us a little bit more flexibility on creating products from the ground up versus taking a variation of a product that already exists. Interesting. That's Because I do wonder that about the functional companies because I, I hear from brands that'll say, oh, we've, we've got a, uh, a prototype coming from a manufacturer it's coming in two weeks and then they make a few tweaks and they get a new version i just feel like that process sounds really really time consuming whereas you want to kind of sit there and be like this sucks give me another one this sucks change this and i feel like you have that that ideal situation to sort of be to get what one would do in two months done in like a week kind of thing do you find that gives you or sort of that in, with that not necessarily freedom but that space and that ability to tweak and change things so easily do you think that kind of you're like oh well i got got all year to do this then kind of thing or does it encourage you to sort of keep changing and tweaking because i do know again my experience with some brands they'll say oh well this this seems pretty close because they don't necessarily want to try and tweak it for another month do you kind of feel like that gives you freedom to sort of not worry about just keep on pushing until you get it right if you were in this I mean, situation, the best, do you think would you, you would be doing as many tweaks and changes as you do here? That's a good I guess the best way to, to like um, create a comparison for, for like the everyday person to understand, it's like, imagine you're going to do surgery on someone, but you've never done surgery before and you <laughs> kind of are just like being guided by someone like, hey, like put this here, put this there, right? And then... On the other side, you have a surgeon that's been doing this for a while, and he's like, oh, no, this is how it has to be done. Oh, okay, I understand 
the steps that I have to do to make this the best possible surgery ever, right? And I know how to tweak certain things. So from a, a creation of a product pers perspective on a, you know, a baked good or a functional good, if you know the levers you can pull to create a much better product and modify the texture, the consistency, the flavor, et cetera, you truly understand how to manipulate to get to what you want instead of having to provide feedback on certain aspects that you have no idea what has yeah. to be done on the back end to get it done, right? And so like knowing the inner workings of how to create a better product is critical to what we're trying to do and how we so can do it. I guess it's kind of, it's not necessarily what's available to you. It's kind of that you know what you can change so you're willing to push it, whereas other guys, they'll just get the bar and say, oh, can we make it sweeter? Can we, can we do this? So I guess your your knowledge obviously helps you know that you know you can go that little bit further i guess and and get it to what you want it to do um so how long have you guys specifically been in manufacturing because i know that there was you were doing some obviously before three two one correct yep do you yeah how... so uh for the manufacturing it's been about a year um since the beginning of 2021 uh, before that, uh, you know, Ainsley has her journey, which I'll, you know, obviously she'll talk about. Um, and I've been in the health and wellness scene for a very long time. I brought CrossFit to South Florida in 07. Uh, we opened up, uh, the first one on Miami beach with Reebok and that turned into, um, the first rider refusal on Reebok CrossFit gyms around the world. We opened up about 15 of them, 2015. Uh, we sold them all off and pivoted and created a digital streaming company called Neo U. Uh, it's a live and on-demand video platform. At that time, we were very early in the uh, digital streaming space for functional fitness, and we allowed content creators to uh, film their content, distribute their content through our platform, and then monetize that content. Um, and that is where I met Ainsley. Uh, and Ainsley will kind of give you a little bit of backstory on her and her journey, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, we've been able to kind of come together, and I left that company in 2019, and that's when Ainsley and I formed 321. Wow. So you kind of, it wasn't like you were decades in like baking or anything like that. You kind of just came right into it. Yeah. I think sometimes too, um, you know, I think Mike is very good at figuring stuff out when it doesn't work. Um, so we, sometimes you go through certain things or call it manufacturers or certain things that just don't work out. And then it gets to a point where you realize you just kind of have to take things into your own hands. So I would say, I think that's just the type of person that Mike is. Uh, so, uh, so Pro yeah. Problems, so problem solver. Yeah, problem solver. So it ended up, again, being pretty beneficial because like you said, like we do have a little bit more control, you know, when it comes to the products, making sure that there is consistency, making sure that the person who's making them is truly dedicated to them and cares, you know, versus just packaging something that might not have been what we had approved, you yeah. know? So, and then the same thing with the innovations. So it, it definitely did end up working out for the better. I actually like that explanation that uh, Mike gave about sort of knowing which levers to pull, because I've spoken to brands before and they make a product in a, a bar or a cookie or whatever. I say, this is not smooth. And like, dude, this is the smoothest thing that they could do. And I always, always got confused by it. Cause I was like, it's not like, you know, but then hearing his perception about, they obviously are only given what they know. They don't know how smooth it can be. Whereas Mike knows, now we can change this. We can do that. And so when there's someone says to me, I guess, 
that's as smooth as it can be. There probably is in their mind the limitation of the smoothness of what they're after. And I just find it quite interesting how he put it. Like he knows what can be done in order to get somewhere. So obviously his concept of as smooth as possible is significantly different from someone else and flavor and all that. But I actually really, really liked that uh, that explanation there because I'm not going to use it on someone else. <laughs> it's interesting that you say you guys kind of weren't exactly industry veterans or really functional nutrition individuals before 321. So I've been kind of in the social media space for, God knows, it's been over 10 years now, probably closer to 12. Uh, So it's been a while. And, you know, I started obviously first products was with my diet and training clients. I've been doing that for a very long time, Um, you know, and then working with supplement companies throughout the years as well. I feel like we've both been in the health space for a very long time. And then in terms of, you know, obviously now you'll also see new influencers just coming out with their new things and their own products, which I think is fantastic. So I always also wanted a product versus a kind of more of a, what do I want to say? Service. Yeah. Service, service service-based business, which is what I was used to. So this was more of like a physical product that we could then go ahead and grow and expand and continue to do so. And I think that a lot of influencers will also attest to wanting something that will eventually live without their name behind it. So that was also my goal as well versus like my programs and everything that I was used to was so tied to me where obviously my influence on three, two, one is hugely beneficial, but the goal is that one day it can also live, you know, without me and just on its own. So kind of, if someone came and took your position, you wouldn't technically know if, if, if that was the case, if you were a fan of the brand type thing. Right. Right. Interesting. Wow. And um, I mean, I kind of got all the all the questions uh, answered. I feel like, and I know that the uh, like you said, you got the new flavors coming out, which I have tried, and I will admit, as you said earlier, they're pretty damn good. Is there anything you think you can do? Actually, this is one last question to to improve the, the, the brownie. I know that obviously, based on what Mike just said, <laughs> probably nothing. But what um what I mean is like, is there anything you could change to, to to make it i guess not necessarily better but maybe different or that you could do that you feel you're limited to by the fact that it's collagen or by the fact that it's uh, got certain ingredients i think so i think that question kind of you know goes into uh what is it that this product is supposed to be um And if you look at the industry as a whole, right? Like if you just look at what's been happening to sports nutrition brands, I mean, vitamin shops and and major retailers, normal checkout um, cart price, right? used to be 50, 60 bucks. Now you're seeing it at 10, 15, $20, right? Which means the everyday consumer that's either going to be walking into a store or that is looking for a product to try something new, they're going to grab a snack. They're going to grab an RTD drink. And those are some of the bigger moving items today, right? Where you look at the the consumer and that consumer is someone who is looking for somewhat of a better for you option. Doesn't have to be a protein bar with one gram of sugar and 20 grams of protein and 120 calories. Like it's just, it's okay. Yeah. And it's okay that it has three to four grams of sugar. It's okay that it's 15, 16 grams of protein or or so. It's okay that it's in the 200 calories because for them, that, that snack, that delight, that treat is a way better option that they're truly enjoying. Right. So in creating that brownie, 
um, there's certain aspects that you look at a brownie and you have to you have to look at what a brownie is to the everyday consumer. Okay, what is a brownie? It is a moist and fudgy, like chewy product, right? And so achieving that with a 12 month shelf life is the biggest battle that you have to go into when creating a brownie. So there's there's levels that you can move this, right? There's there's a certain, if you, if you look at um, this kind of like on a, on a scheme, there's, if you can go all the way for safety on shelf life, you lose moisture and you lose chewiness and you lose what a brownie is supposed to be. If you move all the way into the brownie and get it all the way as close as you possibly can to this side, you lose the safety mechanism of shelf life stability. And so for us, we felt we needed to be as close as we could to a perfect brownie texture and flavor without sacrificing the safety of the product over time. And we believe that we have pushed that barrier as far as you can take it before you sacrifice one way or the other. Interesting. That's really, that's a really cool way to hear it. I kind of never really thought about that way. So you basically you're saying like, it's as good as you're ever going to get it without sort of sacrificing other areas such as sort of the macronutrition, shelf life and all that. That's a, it's a, it's a very good way of putting it, to be honest. And I really like that. It's um, I mean, I know that obviously some bars, go less and further but like you're saying it's it's this is exactly the solution that you wanted for your consumer where it's going to be how long it's going to be available for and while obviously giving that brownie experience that's a, that's a really cool way keep, to put it. yeah and you know i'm obviously on the flavor stuff like you could always get more creative right you could always add completely different toppings and, and inclusions and get extremely creative with that um but since we're still so early in the flavor um evolution right we don't, yeah. we're going to have five flavors you got to make sure those five flavors are staple items. And then, you know, we are discussing kind of more of a, a consistent drop of new flavors only available DTC uh, just because we can. And because we think that it could be really fun to create like amazing flavor profiles that are just one-offs um, that allows us to play a little bit more, right? We're not so focused on, you know, how is this product going to work? You know, when looking at a, a Publix or a major, you know, uh, FDM account. And then is this going to be one of those popular flavors that is going to live for years on end and it can be a staple in our lineup. So yeah, I think the flavors can be pushed. I think we can get creative. I think we can go a little bit more, Like we created a guava one that was out of control, Uh, but we don't, yeah, I mean, it's one of our favorites, but we don't know if that is going to be as popular as let's say a lemon zest, right. To the everyday consumer. Right. And so that's kind of why we said, okay, let's go lemon zest versus the guava. So we might be seeing some, so right now, basically you're building out flavors that aren't intended to be, aren't intended to go out of fashion. They're basically your staple concrete flavors that that are just, I guess in my in my world, fruit punch, blue raspberry and peach mango for pre-workouts kind of thing. Right, okay. right. And I mean, that's always open to change too. If all of a sudden we come out with a one-off one D to C that does fantastic, maybe yeah. we'll switch those or add one of those, you know? So I think that, depending on how the audience and consumers kind of respond will also dictate what our staples will be. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, obviously those, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying, but the, the first ones you've got are, are not necessarily safe flavors, but I guess, like I said, you're building out that foundation, those flavors that people can. Yeah. Like, that they can rely on. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. And you mentioned collab- collaborations earlier or sort of like inclusions. Have you, if you were to do one for three, two, one, uh, and, and again, if you're doing one, 
maybe don't 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 say it just think of something else but if you were to do one with like with a i, I guess because obviously we've seen people team up with chips ahoy and oreo and all these other major foods if you were going to or if you wanted to team up with someone what, what would i guess what would be the ideal collaboration that you could if you could have anyone that would that would complement the brownie i guess perfectly i might be putting a spot so yeah. I am. and if there's an awkward pause i'll just i'll just remove it afterwards um yeah i think we i think we might have one in the pipeline so i think okay. we might have for now yeah okay so so you so basically you've got the got the spread frosting coming out later this year and there are some uh, a never before seen format coming early next year and a potentially a flavor collaboration yes damn that's uh hard. yeah that's different that's 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 definitely a lot and like i said i i'm a big fan of functional foods i always like seeing different things um we we do a lot of time international and in different parts of the world and I always love seeing the different flavors and snacks and shapes and all the stuff. And so when I see it in the U S market, which is a lot of the same stuff, like most of the time, like even the bars are very much the same kind of bar and each other it's, I just love seeing when the U S gets, gets treated to something special, something cool, something different. And so uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys pull out of the bag in the, in January. And of course, trying the spreads because I never actually tried them when they were originally here. We will make sure you're the first to try them. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you for coming on and uh, taking the time. It was uh, awesome getting to chat to you guys. Likewise. Thank you so much, Shane. Shane, appreciate it, man.